My name is Allison Felis, and this is I'll Follow You, a podcast featuring light and lively conversations about film, music, and creative culture, coming to you from the People's Republic of Rogers Park on the far northeast side of Chicago. Welcome to the perfume episode. Well, hopefully the first of many perfume episodes, but let's just take a temporary glamour break from everything that's awful in the world right now, shall we? Much like my very first episode of the show with Casey Andrews, where we chatted for well over an hour about our favorite films of the 2010s, this episode is less of an interview and more of an excuse for me to just nerd out about one of my big passions with a fellow scent obsessive. Today, I'm in conversation with my dear and most brilliant friend, Shaman Kwa. Shaman is Associate Professor of East Asian Languages and Cultures and Comparative Literature at Bryn Mawr College. She's the author of three books, the most recent being Regarding Frames, Thinking with Comics in the 21st Century, which was just released by RIT Press in February of this year. Her written work explores relationships between form and content, text and image, self and self-presentation, surface and depth, and the conflicts between what we say and what we mean. Her research interests include theater and fiction, food studies, graphic narratives, literary studies, cultural studies, comparative and world literature, and literary and narrative theory. She also contributed an amazingly funny and tender essay about the band Wham! to my most recent zine, The Last Band of My Youth. In today's deep dive on perfume, we talk about how smells can seem so much richer in our memories when we don't have access to them anymore, the quiet spaciousness of perfume as object, how we're meant to interact with perfume on a time scale, how wearing Frederick Mahl's Portrait of a Lady is like having to do self-promotion as the author of a new book, and the difficulty of imposing order on things we love. And just a quick correction from me up front, in the course of our conversation about wearing big perfumes, I accidentally misattribute something that Brian Para once wrote to Barbara Herman. I've linked to the correct blog post over in my show notes on queenofpeaches.com. So sorry about that, Brian, and love you, Barbara. And now, my conversation about perfume with Shaman Kwa. So hello, Shaman. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hello. Thanks for having me. No, I'm super excited because I sort of feel like we've been meaning to have one of these deep dive perfume conversations. And what better circumstance than when we're all quarantined in our homes, <laughs> like just have a chance to totally nerd out about something delightful and frivolous. Yes, I just realized I should have made a big pile of bottles or something in front of me. But um, I think we can just go <laughs> by the, the memory of smell. Well, and that, yeah, I mean, like the memory of, of, of perfume, like that's that's a big part of, I think, uh, you know, what I'm definitely interested in, in hearing more of your perfume memories. So, yeah, that's going to play into this chat, I'm sure. So, well, so I have to ask before we even start, like, are you wearing any perfume today? 
I am not. I'm really in full on COVID mode. I'm wearing pajama pants and a sweatshirt. And I, I don't know why I did this today, but I put my contact lenses on, even though I haven't left the house in like six days. Um, I, for some <laughs> reason, because I knew I was having this conversation with you, I thought I would make an effort. And that was that was the extent of it. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, I've been oh I've God. been sort of going back and forth between like every once in a while, you know, I'll put some lipstick on like if I have a Zoom meeting or something, you know. But no, right. I knowing we were going to be having this conversation about uh, about perfume, I I you yeah. know, I looked at my at my collection and I was like, what should I wear today? And so I put on not one of my favorites, but it's I put on uh Christian Dior's Eau Sauvage, mm-hmm. which um was like my dad's like scent oh, that right. he wore. And so um Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's actually like his bottle that like, you know, I took from from uh, our house before it sold. Um so I'm happy to happy to have it. And it's, you know, I recognize oh, wow. that it's a classic and like, you know, I you know, the the joy of it is, you know, less less the scent and more, yeah, the scent memory and the fact that it was it was so special to him. So mm-hmm. Yeah, when we text each other about perfumes, um I often say things like, oh, this smells like Old Spice. And I was thinking about why I said that. And I think it's because, you know, like you, like my, my grandfather used to use it, I guess. And so that's something that wasn't like that. It wasn't just like a house kind of smell, you know, like cooking or things that were in the house. But it was like something that he sort of consciously added and um I feel like you you pay attention to those things um, because of that. So now I f- I regret that I didn't make, in addition to my contact lens effort, <laughs> an old spice related effort. Well, yeah, maybe you'll be inspired after after it's over to go douse yourself in perfume. Yeah, for sure, I will. <laughs> well, because that's one of the things that um you know I follow a lot of like people um online who talk about perfume which is well which is why i'm so excited to actually talk to you because mostly like the quote-unquote conversations that i have about perfume are sort of like in the comment sections of like other people's like instagrams and stuff Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. it's like a joy for me to like have actual like one-on-one conversation with someone to actually uh talk about it but anyway whole point of what i was gonna say was that um uh jessica who who uh blogs and um and Instagrams at the perfume professor, uh, she was talking about, you know, working from home now and using this as an excuse to wear non office appropriate perfumes, you know, stuff that would sort of like be a little too overbearing. Like if you got in the elevator next to someone, it's kind of like, well, I'm working from home, so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like spray it all on. (laughs) So I've been trying to like use that as my guiding light to be like, oh, yeah, remember to like go put some perfume on in the morning, like even if I'm just wearing yoga pants. Right. That's a good strategy. I'm going to try to institute that. So let's like crank this back to the beginning, to the early days. You know, I mean, you just were talking about your uh, your grandfather's Old Spice. (laughs) Um, So we're I mean, was that like a like a conscious thing? Like what like what was uh, what was smell like for you? Yeah. As a little Mm. kid. I mean, was it the familiarity with other people's, you know, colognes or perfumes that they might have been wearing? Was it more like cooking smells? Was it, you know, gasoline gas station? Like, how was that for you? 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I grew up in, in Malaysia and um, I think it's just like a, a much more smell. I don't want to say smelly, but the, they're just so much richer smells all around you. And I, I guess it has something to do with, you know, the, the climate that's kind of like damp and hot and, um, and then something to do with the way that that people got their food because there were always wet markets. And um, I lived in a, in a suburb outside of Kuala Lumpur. And one really amazing thing that I wish we had now is that um, the individual grocers or um, like specialized salespeople of different things like bread or meat or vegetables or like fresh tofu they would come on um, vans or on motorcycles that were rigged out with containers through the back alleys um, between the the rows of houses so the backs like there would be lanes between the backs of each row of houses so like the backs of one set of houses would be facing the backs of another um, row of houses and then these um, vans and motorcycles would come through at certain times of the day. So at lunchtime, um, there would be kind of prepared food guys who would come with hot food that they would sell. And, and since um, most school children would be home at lunchtime at a certain age, I remember like really distinctly, you know, going out to the back with my mom and like bringing in like ordering food and then bringing it inside and having it for lunch. And, um, you know, the smells of the carts, like there's like certain smells that I think of as like, the smell of my childhood, like, I don't know, like fried shallots and um, this kind of rice porridge and the, the smell of kind of wet vegetables and, you know, kind of like, skanky things too like like when the meat guy would come it was just you know, like just raw meat sitting on a on a truck it was really fresh but it you know it smells like meat and like those kinds of smells I don't have um you know I like the when I moved to America in the in the mid 80s that was something that changed immediately and I remember um I moved, I moved to America a year before my parents. And I remember like making, I, I lived in my, um, my aunt's house with, with my cousins and my aunt and uncle for a year. And I remember making myself these instant noodles that I would put just like all kinds of stuff into. It was kind of disgusting. I think my cousin Lyman was really like grossed out by it, but I would, I would fry um, like these dehydrated onion flakes and garlic flakes and stuff and, and add them to my noodles because I missed that so much about, um, about Malaysia. So there were those smells um, that I, I think of as being very particular to my childhood and very important. And um and then perfume was like a completely separate category. Am I rambling too much, Alice? 
No, this is brilliant. I love and I love I love that this yeah. instantly brought us to food because I think that those are I mean so <laughs> early like those those memories are so early and so formative and 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 there is such a natural overlap between um yeah, between scent and food and memory and all that stuff. So no, I you're not yeah. rambling at all. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, Allison asked me a question about perfume, and then I was like talking about wet markets. But I mean, I feel I feel like um, you know I, I'm I'm being kind of like cautious about it because I don't want to to make it. I, I'm like not not trying to exoticize my childhood. It was like a you know very it's a very modern country and it's not like I had this third world experience but the the relationship between but like the lived environment and and sort of this sense of smell is so much richer in my memory of of you know of Malaysia right like that like the fruit smells stronger you know like like my dad I remember my dad like he loves eating durian and you know like in Malaysia like if you're in a taxi there's like stickers inside the taxi that say like you know you're not allowed to bring a durian into the taxi (laughs) and um (laughs) and it's like when when my dad would eat durian like my mom would make him eat it outdoors you know like how some people have to smoke outdoors (laughs) with durian you have to like go outdoors and and so I, I don't know, I just feel like there there is just so much more to smell um, in in Malaysia. <laughs> um, anyway, so so that that part of of um, my childhood is is probably incredibly formative and in me it shapes the way that I um, think about and, and value food and think about its relationship to to memory yeah yeah because i i mean for me too i mean it's like you know my my childhood was very you know midwest united states you know but Mm -hmm. that was i think i think that if you're if you are sort of a sensually aware kind of person like even at a young age you're gonna you're gonna like literally sniff that stuff out you know like where you are I mean because for me you know like as a little kid it was you know the the sort of like suburban stuff you know like fresh cut grass or sort of like homemade chocolate Mm. chip cookies or you know we lived in uh, in northwest Indiana and so we would go sometimes to Lake Michigan you know to go to the beach and so like you know when you get close enough to the water I and mean, you can kind of smell the brackishness of the water you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah same thing for me I mean like as a little kid like I don't I don't feel like uh my environment was like so so intensely scented you know in in the way that you were describing you know your childhood in, mm-hmm. in Malaysia but mm-hmm. I think that there is that that um yeah I was always really interested in the smells around me and sort of would mm. u- use that as a way to sort of latch on to, you know, the, th- the three dimensionality or, or, you know, the, the, the sort of more, more concrete aspects of whatever then now I, it became a memory, you know? Right. Yeah. I like that. That's true. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think to me, the, those smells maybe seem so much richer because, I just don't have access to them anymore. You know, it's not like I can go back. I don't know. 
Are you ever somewhere where you sort of like get a hint of that? Like, are you ever sort of like in, you know, some some neighborhood in a city or something where there might be like a cuisine that sort of like gives you like a little hit of that? Like, do you ever like find those glimpses in like strange, yeah, strange places? Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. But I mean, I, I, um, I would say that it's more like I'm looking for uh, even like a hint of it, if that makes sense. It's like I, you know, I have like... I'm always looking for those flavors or smells and I feel like I've, I've accepted substitutes in ways that um, probably my younger self would not have. Like, I don't know, I, in, in this case that I'm thinking of, it's like coconut water or coconut because the coconut desserts in Malaysia are just like outstanding because they're made with fresh coconut milk and coconut cream and they don't have that weird texture that I associate with like the coconut things that I've had here but every once in a while I'll have something that that's close enough to that flavor that it reminds me of of something that I really enjoyed as as a child and um yeah, but I, I don't, I, I haven't really quite found the same thing. And I, I wonder if it's because I've, I've created this other memory of how it's supposed to be, or if it's actually that there is just no substitute. I'm not, I don't know. Well, you know, and there doesn't there doesn't have to be an answer. I mean, that's kind of the mystery, right? I mean, just li- live in that mystery. Yeah. <laughs> so other than your your grandfather's like old spice, I mean, was was anyone yeah. else around you like growing up wearing <laughs> wearing scent like intentionally? Okay, so this is interesting. My mom um does not wear perfume or makeup, but she had a bottle, I want to say it was Cody, like C O T Y, um yeah. perfume that that um she had think like maybe my father gave it to her or like you know he and she had I mean she had that and she had a bottle of Chanel number five but like with with many things that my mom has that are nice like she didn't use them (laughs) she would just (laughs) sort of keep them (laughs) because I remember when I was in college um I I had a job and so I and I I knew she really wanted a coach bag and I finally had a, you know, like a paycheck, and I bought her one, and I think she still has it, like in its dust bag from oh. like, <laughs> 1993 or something. So, so she had this bottle of of perfume, and um, as a very special treat, she would sometimes like use it. I, I mean, I, this is like, it's going to sound so weird. And so I just don't even know if it's true or if I'm, this is just like a figment of my imagination. But I remember her putting it on a Q-tip and cleaning my ears with it when I was a little girl. And then it, I would smell it all day because, or all night, because sometimes she, she would do it at night. And like, I associated perfume like of that kind with like like something really luxurious and um you know I I thought of it as something like expensive that needed to be rationed but also as something sort of 
like unusual because of that, that memory that I have. Um, I don't know. It's like, it was like this like really exotic thing that was in a tiny glass bottle that like never was touched and, you know, nobody used it. And it wasn't like it was treated like medicinally, but it was just like a treat. <laughs> but it's so weird now that I tell you about it. Um, I don't know. That That's my perfume my perfumed childhood. No, that's so cool. Cause I, I do think there is a difference between like how, you know, an older generation would sort of, you know, like you said, and not even, I was going to say like revere and that's definitely the wrong word, but there definitely was like more of that, um, you know, uh, like where, where it was set apart, you know, because I remember like my grandmothers, like both on both sides, like that they, you know, in their bedrooms would have like, you know, the little glass tray on their dressers that would maybe have like one or two mm. small bottles, you know, within like their bracelets or their like earrings around it or whatever. And I was obsessed with those bottles, like both of my grandmothers, like whenever I would like be at their houses and if like, you know, I was just left free to roam, like I would always go into their bedrooms and like, you know, just take off the cap and like try to sniff it. And and even at home, like with like my dad's cologne and and with um, what was left um, after my mom passed away, like a few bottles that were were still left at our house. And um, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there but there was this sense that like now, I mean, like all of my perfumes are just like in a huge jumble, you know, like on my my, right. uh, you know, on a bookshelf, like in my office. And like I've got all these like baggies right. of like little samples. And that's that's a definite difference that there isn't that sort of like yeah. quiet, yeah. quiet spaciousness, you know, surrounding, you know, the the perfumes as objects. yeah. Um, and, you know, when you talk about that, that reminds me of, um, again, like, this is like when I first moved in with my, um, my aunt's family, that she had a tray. And um, it was like, I think the, the perfume that she wore the most was opium. Mm. And I remember, like, it, you know, it had that, like, kind of very exotic bottle. And, and it was just... Um, like it had its own tray, <laughs> like, yeah. but like there was, what, what was the other one that was it, was it called Giorgio? It was like with a yellow and white stripe, like an awning. I can't remember. She had like, she had like these brand name fragrances. Like, you know, when you go into the department store, I, I guess it's probably still the same way, but there are like these ladies who would just stand there and spray. <laughs> like when you yeah, walk yeah, into yeah. I don't know, Bloomingdale's or whatever. Like, I feel like a lot of those bottles were the kinds that she had. And I remember my cousin who I just worshiped and she's, um, she's four years older than me. She like her perfume was Calvin Klein's obsession. Nice. And, um, (laughs) it's like so eighties. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I didn't, I never had that, you know, like I didn't have that growing up. And so to kind of go into this um, house with all these perfumes, it it just, I just thought of it as like, oh, this is like what American people have in their houses. (laughs) Like lots of fancy bottles of perfume. 
But yeah, like I had I had cousins who were just a couple years older than me who had same same thing, like on their sort of like little girl dressers, you know, that they had like whatever. And I literally mm-hmm. don't remember like what perfumes they had at that time. But yeah, like little tiny vials. Right. And like, I don't know, like I've always been one yeah. of those people who like loves anything that's like miniature. <laughs> so like just the attraction to like these tiny little yeah. bottles, yeah. you know, and did you use the inside of the cap as an applicator? Is that what I, you're supposed to do? Like, I don't... have a bottle of, like, Armani C, like, a tiny, tiny little sample bottle that, like, I sometimes use the lid to, like, mm-hmm. put it on my on my pulse points. But, no, it's, like, yeah. if I'm not... If I'm yeah. not dabbing like with my finger, like I want to spray. Like I went, I went through a thing a couple years ago where I was oh. kind of like, you know what? I can't handle like these tiny da- dabber bottles anymore. Like I'm only, I'm only buying samples if they're big <laughs> enough to have a spray attached to it because it's like it's just wasting my time otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I I don't know. I I never really thought about all of these aspects of the. <laughs> until this time but now that you're making me like take this trip down my the 80s lane which I feel like you and Brian do to me constantly um, (laughs) I also I feel like I have like a very intimate relationship with the the perfume inserts in magazines (laughs) where they would have these perfume and like I would like scrape them on my arms and and (laughs) try to smell like the thing and it's so weird to me that that um (laughs) like what was I doing it's so strange and it's like a mix of perfume and adhesive that you're like applying to yourself (laughs) Yeah, I I love that you would try oh to God. use them because like yeah, to me I would always just like stick my nose in it and <laughs> and would try to like just inhale it as deeply as possible, but I would never try to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I think it's just I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like one of those like like those animals that the scientists do experiments on. They're like, let's see if they can figure out, you know, like how to make a tool or something. It's just <laughs> like, I, I was just always so befuddled. <laughs> like, I, I remember, I mean, I, I really feel like I, I love movies about people who are out of their, like, like coming to America or something. Cause I feel that so strongly. Like I would just, what to do with the stuff that I would find you know like I I just thought oh like I should be trying to apply this perfume or um I remember like I you know got some hand-me-down pajamas from my cousin and it was like flannel pajamas but like I'd never had that because I grew up in a tropical country so I just thought they were like school clothes <laughs> I wore them in school. And <laughs> she was like why are you wearing pajamas and I was like oh these are not pajamas my cousin gave them to me <laughs> and she was like maybe your cousin gave you pajamas <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> didn't realize so yeah I don't know but um the uh the I, do they still make those things in the magazines yeah i feel like every once in a while like at the store like yeah i'll see there's there's an awesome uh, newsstand in evanston just north of uh, of where we live in chicago and uh they'll have like the huge huge chunky european fashion magazines and i don't remember mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. those those smelly strips in there but i hope they exist right. somewhere 
Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because, <laughs> yeah, I had, like, a lot of the same sort of, like, befuddlement, but about, like, my own femininity. Because, like, my mom died when I was mm. eight, and so I was sort of, like... No. You know, and I and I've and I've talked to women, you know, subsequently who were like, you know, I I I'll, I'll make the same point, and they'll be like, well, yeah, you know, like if you know that I feel bad that I didn't like learn about makeup or mm-hmm. or wearing you know girl yeah. clothes or or looking you know a certain way or whatever, and you know, and mm-hmm. I've had other people tell me like, well, my mom wasn't like a fashionista, so I had to teach myself anyway. But um, mm-hmm. I remember like a number of years ago, like reading um, an interview with. Uh, Maya Rudolph, you know, whose whose mother Minnie Riverton died when she mm-hmm. was really young, and and talking about yeah that going into like girl classmates or girlfriends, like going into their bedrooms or going into their bathrooms and just looking at like what is all this stuff, and that was like I loved <laughs> that she admitted that because it's like that's totally what I would do like in any of my like school friends' houses or like with their moms or like with my like female <laughs> cousins and like my aunt, you know, it was always this like question mm-hmm. of like yeah what are the what are the tools of being a girl? And like, and that the perfume Mm. felt like the perfume felt like a big part of that. But like the funny thing to that is, is that my dad was really into like his, his sense. I mean, cause like I said, I'm, I'm wearing his (laughs) Christian Dior, you know, that, right. Yeah. The Eau Sauvage. And he would, he was always like really, really intentional about like, you know, if we were going to go out to see a play or something or go out to see a concert that he would always like put it on before he left the house. And I just remember like, you know, family friends or whoever we'd be seeing, like wherever we went, they would like hug him and be like, Oh my goodness, you smell so good. Mm -hmm. And, and then I remember, like, his friends, like, his man friends, like, wearing, I mean, I wish I knew now, like, what, you know, um, what colognes they would have been, you know, in the 80s. Because, yeah, certain sort of, like, patchouli, like, musky smells, like, I still just love because it makes me think of, like, being a little <laughs> kid and, like, hugging, you know, my dad's friends, you know, or my uncles or whatever mm, who smelled really good. Yeah. So, like, I, I really, I love, like, men's men's sense because they just it's like Mm -hmm. this attraction that it's like i i want to like have it for myself you know it's like if i don't know that many men anymore who wear scent you know it's like brian like just 100 (laughs) percent never will so it's like you know it's like okay well he's not gonna wear it so i'll just wear it myself and you know get the get the satisfaction that way (laughs) that's interesting yeah i don't know i i don't definitely don't i mean neither of my parents are scent wearers or particularly you know like into fashion of any kind so yeah I mean I I do I think like unlike you I don't wear a scent I don't know how to explain it it's like I don't wear a scent for myself like I don't like I like things that smell good but I I mean I it's like I almost think of wearing a perfume as something that's like that I do to make myself presentable. And so, um, you know, but at the same time, I feel like I can't smell like something I, like I don't want to smell a certain way. So then I care about how the thing smells, but I don't, I don't know that like I, that I would think, like I don't think of it as like part of my daily habit to to incorporate like I you know I like I'll brush my teeth but like I won't spray myself with 
<laughs> and I don't know that I've actually brushed my teeth today. So maybe <laughs> 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 I don't know. Maybe that speaks to, to some other problems that I have and, and not so much a, a relationship to perfume. Oh, I don't know. In recent years, it's like I've started using um, like perfume just feels like costuming to me now. It's like and because especially once I I sort of got away mm. from this idea of like, oh, a signature scent, you know, because like in high school for years and years and years, I wore like the Victoria's Secret, like vanilla lace lotion, you know, and I put that on like every day <laughs> after I took my bath or my uh -huh. shower. And like that was like what people mm. like, you know, knew me by. They like would smell that and be like, oh, is Allison around, you know? And after I sort of, like, <laughs> got out of that mindset that, like, oh, there should be, like, one one smell that's, like, you know, a one-to-one -one correlation, you know, with my identity, like, I really got into the mm -hmm. idea of, like, mm -hmm. perfume as costume, you know? So I, I do sort of, like, use mm -hmm. my, my multiple uh, <laughs> perfume samples and bottles that I have as, like, a way yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. build a persona for the day. Yeah, rather than, like, trying to... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, feel like it's like, I mean, on days when like I have a like a business meeting or something like that, like I do have my more, um, you know, sort of like approachable, you know, sense that I wear that I know won't like yeah. cross anybody's yeah. eyes in a meeting if they catch Make a whiff of it or whatever. Like but on days when <laughs> I'm like mostly Ill. keeping it myself, yeah. you know, I'll, you know, I'll wear something a little quirky, a little weird or sort of, you know, like I said, something that's a little mm -hmm. bit more like masculine leaning that might sort of, you know catch people by surprise a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I Have you ever um, encountered somebody who has a perfume allergy? Because that, you know, you're talking about that being in a meeting just reminded me um, of a time when I was an intern in, um, in Washington, D.C. when I was in college. And there was a, a woman, actually, she was my supervisor. And she had a terrible perfume out like she was allergic to perfume I I think and I I didn't wear anything um not not because of her but I just I hadn't been in the habit of doing it and um I remember though the receptionist was I don't know I like she didn't believe that it was an allergy or something <laughs> and I remember she did it once and my supervisor had some kind of reaction to it and she was I remember her lying down in her office kind of almost like like she she was like devastated by by the perfume and I just I'd never heard of that before and actually I've never heard of it again so I was just wondering if if that's something you've ever encountered um yeah like actually um even yourself <laughs> <laughs> no, the um the uh, a guy that I dated like right before I I got together with Brian like so his brother's long-term girlfriend had a real bad sense sensitivity and so at um their other brother's wedding like they said like no scented candles like please don't anyone wear perfume because she's going to be here oh. and it's part of the part of the ceremony and we want it to be like a scent-free thing and um the the buddhist temple that mm -hmm. i go to now they they've also imposed like a, a unscented zone you know where they ask if you come to um you know the morning sittings or whatever to like not use lotion or like heavily scented soaps because uh, there is oh, someone who attends uh -huh. who who has has a sensitivity yeah oh wow which i okay. just feel like how yeah, tragic i, just, I would I be just... so sad <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I mean, I, I maybe it's because of her that I feel so like self-conscious if I'm wearing something like like portrait of a lady where I feel like every time I get close to somebody, I just want to apologize. <laughs> like, do I smell too strong? Is it okay? Like, are you disgusted by me? <laughs> Did I ever sell, send you that like blog post that I think it was written by Barbara Herman, who writes, uh, who wrote the wonderful book Sense and Sensibility. I no, wait, Sense and I'm blanking on the title, but I'll put it in the show notes. But there's this wonderful (laughs) blog post where she talks about like getting ready to go out for the night with like a friend and like another friend who was like a real perfume obsessive, Uh and they like doused themselves in whatever like you know was the their their scent for the night, and they got. And they got in a cab, you know, and the cabbie like gave him a dirty look. And I love uh-huh. the way she puts it like in the in the blog post where it was kind of like, never let anyone tell you that you shouldn't smell as grand as you want to smell, you know, something to that effect. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's like, obviously, if you have like an right. allergy or a sensitivity, you know, like that's a totally separate issue. But like, yeah, if right. people are just giving you side eye because they're like not into your perfume, it's like, well, get over it. <laughs> So at what point then did you start getting into like perfume like more intentionally like as a thing that you were like paying attention to? Hmm. Um, I think I told you this before maybe but I think it was when the Gap made grass perfume. Grass yes Um, yes. Oh my god like that was I think that was this like kind of breaking point moment for me where I just felt like oh like you can get something that you think smells really good and it doesn't have to smell like I don't know like you know a Parisian $200 a bottle thing right like that that um somebody there there were like other people out there who liked the smell of grass (laughs) and so I think that was the the one thing that started turning me around to thinking about how a smell could be part of an outfit like I really Mm. you know like I like clothes a lot and I so that was like always really easy for me um to to like not not think of it like very self-consciously or um I don't like think of as as being superfluous whereas I think I thought of perfume I think because I thought of it as such a big investment like that you know it was like either if you wanted something that was sort of complex and interesting it was going to be really expensive right like I I associated like perfume with like Chanel perfumes or something and um and then and then like on the other end of the spectrum it would be like those aerosol cans that they would sell at the at you know like Rite Aid or CVS or like (laughs) if you like the smell of opium you will love the smell of like rapture or whatever like that I was like supposed to smell like opium I definitely um, had one of those like obsession canisters (laughs) and I would wear so much of it and like I remember going to like a theater rehearsal and like there was some boy I had a crush on or something and so like I put a shitload of this perfume on and like there was a girl who like I don't know if she had an actual perfume sensitivity or was just being a diva about it she was like you're wearing way too much perfume and I was like oh like I was self-conscious about it but it was definitely one of those like aluminum canisters that like someone gave me for a yes, gift those like skinny aluminum cans I remember I mean I remember like I think I bought the one that was supposed to smell like 
like poison and it's just like it was it's really gross like to think about that how, how easy it is to really like super saturate yourself with an aerosol can of perfume but like but, you said um, i mean it did, yeah, it does sort so. of break that <laughs> It does sort of break that idea of perfume being this, like, precious commodity, though, where it's, like, if it is cheap and, like, yes. widely available, it's kind of like, well, then, yeah, I'm just going to, like, spray it all on me, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, I think I think grass was, like, my big um, moment where – and also, you know, I feel like the – and uh, the grass, which I associate with, like, the mid-'90s, was, like, also the time when all of these – um i don't know like fragrance affiliated kinds of stores were coming into full possession of the marketplace like they're you know like bath and body works and the body shop and i don't know i don't know when lush started showing up but i feel like lush is like the kind of store where you're like whatever block it's on you know, when you get within three or four stores of it, you're like, oh, there's a Lush store on the street. Yeah. It oh, yeah. <laughs> such a specific smell, you know? And so I, I just feel like it, it became, I don't know, like, I feel like people, not just me, I think, but like that people sort of became more aware of smell as something um, that you you would add to your outfit. And um it, it wasn't so niche or like, it wasn't like either one very niche and expensive and a luxury good. And like on the opposite end, not something that was like, you know, like the aerosol can of whatever, or like the, the desperately scrubbed against um, adhesive strip from a magazine <laughs> smeller, you know, like that, that there was like stuff in between suddenly, like you could just buy, soap that smelled like vanilla or, or whatever it was like that there there were all these other accessible ways to um, introduce something that was consistent into into your sense of you know your your appearance or um how you wanted to see yourself and other people to see you became also like smell became part of it and um that that i think probably has has something to do with like my my growing awareness of it I think if if we were to talk about really getting into perfume and and um, sort of engaging with it in a in a more serious way I think it would have been um, Alexander McQueen's kingdom that nice did it for me like you know that it was like this I because I loved Alexander McQueen I was just like obsessed with with him and I would um like wait for the the fashion shows and uh, you know like salivate over the pictures and um Kingdom so I bought Kingdom without smelling it like I was just like I need to have this and I was like really grossed out by it the first time I used it like I was I was so disappointed because it, it to me it was just like it was so aggressive and um like how I said you know I felt like I needed to apologize for it but like even to myself I was like this is gross like I can't smell like this like it, it was just really <laughs> overpowering <laughs> mm. and um and then 
I just, I don't know. I grew to really like it. Like maybe I grew to love it. And it was, it was sort of, I think transformative in my thinking about um, how, I don't know, like how it's not, it's so interesting because I I think of, you know, like that, that one thinks of perfume as being a certain way, right? Like that it's, you know, like with having a smell memory, like you think that the thing stays consistent and sharp and clear and, and it's so distinct that it, it immediately brings you back to another time. So it's like very particular. And yet, with kingdom, it was like, when I first met it, I really didn't like it. And then I grew to like it. And it's still the same thing. So there, there's some, there was some kind of temporal aspect um, that I hadn't had before with perfume where it was like something that I, I grew to like. Um, and, but uh, at the same time, I think because of that experience, now there are things that I think I like immediately. And then I grew to really not like, and I don't think I'd had that experience before. And, and at the same time, it, it sort of made me more interested in perfume and, and thinking about it, which is, I guess, how I ended up at this point where I'm actually talking to you about it, um, <laughs> which I couldn't have imagined, you know, like it was, it just wasn't something that I, I thought about, you know, it was like either, oh, you like it or you don't like it. And, um, you know, that person wears too much of it or, you know, that, that smell, you know, I, I never like that smell. Like I don't like the smell of lilies or I don't like the smell of, a certain, I don't know, like fracas or, you know, like things like that, like that I always felt like I, I, that's how I thought about fragrance. But I think it was only in, in like the last five years or so that I, I, it's probably been more than five years since Kingdom came out though, I guess 10 years that um, I, I started thinking about it as something um, that evolves and changes. Maybe I, I mean, it's just that I'm getting old, I guess, but um, it's interesting. Like it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's like a nice way to think about, about one's relationship with time and, and objects. I'm rolling my eyes at myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. No, I love it. That's, I mean, that's so apt and so, and so astute because like, I do think that that is part of, again, like if you're a person who has this interest in perfume, like I think that most people do have that sort of like, a like moment of awakening where it's like, oh, this is an art form. Like this isn't just a cosmetic and this isn't just sort of like a, a frivolity. Like there's, there's art and thoughtfulness and yeah, like you said, a progression through time and and, um, mm-hmm. and a, a way that it a way that it changes you, you know, like you said, that like something that you thought that you would yeah. hate, that then if you if you give yourself a chance to sort of get to know it and sort of get to know the nuances, it's yeah, it's amazing, like how much you can sort of self educate, you know, if this is something that you're into, and and um, as far as expanding what mm-hmm. you thought was mm-hmm. was pleasant to smell like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and it's like it's so interesting to think about. Um, you know, like, you know, that example, right, like, as kind of this case study for how 
how perfume works just at, at different like that this kind of I the the way that time passes is um and how do I say this like that that perfumes change right like you like when you first smell something even just like over the course of a day or a course of an hour or the course of like when you first spray it and how it smells when it's like on you like those things change too and you know so it's not just like this this feeling that I had about a perfume like that I revisited over time maybe like over the course of a year and thought of it differently to the extent that you know even at first sniff it smells different to me now but um that that that's sort of how we interact with perfume like how we're meant to interact with perfume in general um on a, a much shorter time scale that, you know, to talk about, and you know, that, that goes back to this, how we started this conversation, which is like, we were talking about a smell that um, evokes a memory from like, you know, 40 years ago and, um, and its relationship to our present tense. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to think about, um, about how how the smells uh, of of perfume are you know kind of like coded into the way that perfume works, um, and then also into the way that that people look back on on smells and and talk and think about them um, over decades. This is I f- I'm feeling like very wistful now. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> well, I think perfume does that. I mean, there's, you know, there's all those scenes in movies or whatever of people sort of like, you know, smelling the shirt of, you know, a loved one who's left them or died or whatever mm. and crying, you know, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, that that like memory connection and, and that sense of connection to the past and, you know, and whether that's... um you know, the the perfume itself or or the genesis of it, because it's like I know a lot of perfumers, it's like that's why they create their perfumes is saying like, oh, I remember the smell of such and such. And I wanted to create my homage to that, like um, uh, Pujo de Riz, which is one of my favorites um, that. Yeah, it's supposed to smell like, you know, someone threw the the windows open in a hot summer room and you can mm. smell the sort of like, you know, sunny, sunny beach smells, but then combined with like the sense of sort of like, um, you know, powder and and uh, oils that you mm-hmm. put on your on your skin after you've been in the sun. And, you know, so, yeah, I love that idea mm. of like trying to capture that kind of um, that kind of memory. And then, you know, whatever the perfumer's memory is now gets transferred over to me mm-hmm. and like I have my own whole distinct you know bunch of associations with the perfume you know that yeah. that had its genesis of, of in in their imagination you know there's like a narrative that's kind of given to you and then you you add to it but it it really does it it evolves over time it's really that's quite lovely <laughs> So speaking of evolving over time, like what is what are your faves right now? Like what are you loving? Like what are you really into? <laughs> I am still totally into this this kismet from Lubin. I'm just like that's my first go-to perfume and it I I think I you know, I really love um perfumes like that. Like they've got that kind of tobacco-ish 
smell. I like um, Jiki by Guerlain. Um, and I go back and forth between those two. I, I haven't really, I went through this phase where I was, I, I was trying all kinds of different things, but I keep going back to those. I feel like that's like my um, safety blanket smell. <laughs> Nice. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know if anyone, you know, and I, like I said, I don't have to, I love Portrait of a Lady, but I really do feel like it's like in the same way, like I don't like to promote my book or my writing in general. Like, I feel like Portrait of a Lady <laughs> is like a little bit like that. <laughs> no, I was just going to say like, sp- no, yeah, speaking just- of wondering if like ladies still at the like perfume counter at the department store still spray you when you walk through like they do like a couple years ago when Brian and I were in London oh and I really wanted to go to Harrods I really wanted to go to the perfume counter at Harrods and you know I was sort of walking around and being as unobtrusive as possible and was sort of smelling things and yeah when I got to the Frederick Mall um, stall like the lady you know saw me sort of like zeroing in on Portrait of a Lady because I was telling to Brian like oh this mm-hmm. is I really like this one a lot like I'd had like a small sample of it a couple years prior and the woman by the counter was like oh you like this one and so she just doused me in it and I was like it was like day two of like this like 14 day trip we were going to be on in Europe and I was like well my (laughs) luggage is going to smell like portrait of a lady for the rest of this trip now yeah I mean that's the thing about portrait of a like it does not evaporate away it just it stays there and then even after you shower, it's like the it changes, but it's not gone. I just, it's really it's something else. No, it is incredibly tenacious. I, I, mean, I mean, I love it, yeah. and it's so beautiful. But yeah. yeah, if you're not like ready for it, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta ease my way into this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you have to really be like you know okay with your pillow and everything smelling like it for like two weeks after. But you were like really on the hunt for that one for a long time. Like you had really, yeah, you were like yeah. really on like a mission to like get yourself a huge bottle of it. Yeah, I totally was, and I you're the one who like enabled that because you sent me this coupon <laughs> for. Like, forget it was like Nordstrom or Neiman Marcus or something because they never go on sale and I had gotten it as um it was in my sample it in my beauty bag sample from Liberty of London um with um Mojave Ghost and I like I was just like wow Liberty of London is like really and truly like a store that was like where I should have you know in a better life like just lived in for like my my days (laughs) and just my days in that store because it was like wow they even pick smells that I would never have sought out on my own but you know they I really liked both of those especially portrait and I I still do like it but I definitely I feel very self-conscious um still when I spray it on because I I feel like it's a big um commitment (laughs) Well, and it's one of those things, too. I mean, and like, right now you know, I wow. feel very small. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's I, like I was saying before about like wearing perfume like a costume, you know, or to sort of like enhance something. It's like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I still have a little like vial of, of Portrait of a Lady somewhere. But yeah, it's something that I would only pull out if I knew I needed to like 
generate the confidence you know that that it required you know yeah. so it's like i knew if i like had a big event yeah. to go to or i was going somewhere special it's kind of like okay well i know that i'm just gonna put on that aspect of my aura right now and this is gonna sort of like encourage right. me to do that yeah 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 no i i agree i mean it's like i feel that way about um kingdom too like it it makes you feel like you've put on armor or something because i've never um, smelled kingdom like what kind what kind of perfume is it i i can't even i mean i can't tell you i think like i've read descriptions of it as saying it you know it has like cumin and patchouli but like i i couldn't tell you it's just it's this overpowering (laughs) it's like I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I really don't. It's like, it's like, like blood. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's just, it just feels so, it feels big. And, um, you know, it, it's like another one of those perfumes like portrait where I feel like after I've taken a shower, I still smell of its whatever, whatever is at its heart um, that doesn't, that doesn't always, you know, like that you don't have access to because it's got all these other layers on top of it, usually. Mm, um, but yeah. the, there's something about those two that, um, yeah, like there, there's this after um, smell of it. And I, I don't think they make Kingdom anymore. I, I smelled the this one that they only sell at Harrods. That's McQueen's also. I can't remember what it's called now. Um but it wasn't like kingdom, um, which was just so weird and eccentric. I mean, like they said cumin, you know, like it's got that like, like weird, deep kind of musty smell, but it's, it's bright too on, on the top of it. So I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah. Well, so that's the next question. Like all these okay. samples, like what do you have? Like, what's your organizational method? Like, do you have one? <laughs> like zero there's none it's the same with my bookshelves like i i know basically um where everything is um but no one else would be able to find it and i would never be able to direct somebody like if i were like you know for whatever reason not able to to visit either my bookshelf or my perfume I don't even, I can't even say collection because it's just like scattered all over the place. Um, but like I, no one else would be able to find it. Whereas <laughs> I, I can, you know, I like, I can, in my imagination, like I can see where everything is and I would know where to look, but I would not be able to um, tell somebody how to find things. So everything's just like a big jumble and there is no organization. Like every once in a while, if I have, you know, the inclination, I, I will put, try to put things together, like, like orange blossom stuff in a, in a group, but it very quickly falls apart because I don't, I, I, I don't have that, um, sense of order, I guess, with, with my, with things I love, books, uh, people, and perfumes. <laughs> and food in my pantry <laughs> it's like they're just you know they're they're there no, my, already, but I don't always know exactly where they are 
the what little organization I have is actually thanks to you because like we were like texting oh. a while ago and you I think it was right around the time that you'd gotten like the the little bottle of Mojave Ghost because you're like oh have you smelled mm-hmm. this and I knew that I had I knew that I had a sample of it somewhere because like I got really into the Byritos like for a period of time uh-huh. and I think I had things like sort of loosely yeah grouped by dominant note or something and i had no idea where i put that and so then i was like on this crusade to like do all of my samples alphabetically so that like even if i couldn't find yeah even if like even if i couldn't remember you know like what the dominant note was or whatever it's like okay all my burritos are like in my b little pouch of samples and so I took a couple weeks to like sort through things and sort them out and then like it oh, was wow. like perf it was perfect for like a day, you know? And then like as I acquired more perfumes, <laughs> then just everything it just you know, that that original uh right. you know, organization is still there, but anything new did not go into that scheme at all. So Right. Exactly. Yes. And that's exactly what happens with, with everything. Like I and I, you know, I, I always try to organize my books. Like I remember when I moved into my new office um, in 2012 or 13 or something, like I had this whole concept that I was going to organize my books into sections. And that worked when I first put the books on the shelves. But like you said, when you add new things, it just, you know, you just cram them wherever there's room. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I don't think you're gonna. Well, maybe I'll I'll ask you about something, and it'll cause you to have to reorganize everything again. No, I. So I'm very grateful to you for sort of like you know, <laughs> like indirectly <laughs> inspiring that because at least it sort of made a little bit of sense out of things. Because because yeah, I got really into like sampling. Like I know that there are people who will just like blind buy like full bottles, and like I just. Yeah, uh-huh. I like to smell a million different perfumes. Yeah, you couldn't do that. That's that's how a Kingdom happened to me, though. <laughs> that I was like, I must have this. I mean, sometimes it works out. Like, I, you know, um, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab, who I love, you know, unless you're going to, like, do a decant circle mm-hmm. or something with, like, people on the forum, it's, like, some of the limited editions you can't get samples of. So I've, certain, I've sort of, oh, like, okay. upped my... Um, my ability to sort of deal with like the blind buy and being like, well, I may hate this, but I sort of, I trust Mm -hmm. what they do. And I've, you know, been smelling the perfumes long enough that I sort of know the notes that work on me and the ones that I should avoid. Uh, So I'll do, I'll do a little bit more where I'll just Mm -hmm. like go ahead and buy it, buy a bottle, but I try to be frugal about it. Don't (laughs) only do one or two at a time. And I was going to ask what you were into right now. Not, not that I'm in a shopping mode right now. I was just curious. (laughs) Yeah, like I was saying, like, I got really, really into the Byritos for a while. And I sort of feel like the mm-hmm. the brand is sort of like, it's a little diffuse now, like more than it used to be. Like, I feel like their original core mm-hmm. collection is like, really, really solid. And like, I really still do like a love a lot of those like Palermo and like Pulp and Encense Chambord I love and uh, Rose Noir, which you gifted to me. Um I love all those, but I feel like they're, I feel like their new ones have been a little, um, yeah, lackluster, like the elevator music and mm. what was the sun, sun punch or one of those, like, oh, had, right. Yeah. It was, it was like, everybody was releasing those like sun, sun dappled scents. Um, some were better than yeah. others. 
but uh, no, the the ones that I love right now, I finally just um, I bought a full bottle of um, Night Blossom from High Wildflower. Like I love High Wildflower's mm-hmm. lipsticks and perfumes. Um, so she's one of my big favorites. I think I have Ancients and um, oh, what's the other one that I have? I'm blanking. The one that smells like uh, Palo Santo. But I really, really love her stuff. So um, she's someone that I'm happy to support as an indie indie perfumer. And gosh, like this is when I'm going to have to like look at the picture that I took of my shelf before we hit record because <laughs> I knew I'd want to like refer, refer to what's on my shelf. Now, a lot of what I what I'm doing with like my full bottle perfume buys now is like if I've gotten to the point mm-hmm. where it's like I've ever bought like multiple samples of the same scent like that's what I'm like okay I need to like finally just buy a full bottle mm-hmm. of this so like I just bought like a full right. bottle of um like this the the Tilda Swinton perfume and um uh-huh. Terenico which is one of my favorites and like Tom Ford Soleil Blanc I love I finally got like a little sample of that because I just love how trashy it is mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think those are my my big loves. I've been I've been more hesitant to buy samples these days because I sort of feel like okay, I have enough of a collection that like I know that all mm-hmm. these bottles that are on my shelf, I know that I like all of them. So that sort of like takes some of the guesswork out. Like sometimes when I have like too many samples and like I can't remember like oh did I like that sample or did that become weird like on the dry down and so <laughs> then. That would like stress me out in the morning when I was getting dressed. So at least now I know like if I go in and I have two minutes to like look at my shelf, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be sad or like regret putting any of these on, you know? Right, 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 right. Yes. Well, Shaman, thank you so much for like having a big perfume nerd out with me today. This was awesome. (laughs) That was fun. I totally want to like go, yeah, and like just dive in and like pull out fistfuls of stuff that I may have forgotten about. And I need to like, I know I need to like yeah. send you a bunch of samples that we've been meeting to trade too. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so that that's the real, um, uh, you know, win from from this conversation is that now I'm going to go and dust the top of my uh, cabinet where all of these bottles are and and sort through them. But, you know, I have, I mean, that's one of the things about Ellie that's helpful is that she'll go in and and try and uh, sniff everything. So it it does uh, get rearranged and stuff gets pushed forward that hasn't been uh, in the spotlight. Because, so yeah, your good. daughter is really, like, carrying forward that uh, that tradition, right? I mean, she's really getting yeah, into perfumes. No, she's she? like yeah, no, she's, like, super into it. Yeah. And she has, like, really interesting tastes. So it's <laughs> But sometimes she, she, like, overdoes it. You know, she's, like, <laughs> like, she'll walk past and it's just, like, she just stinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so oh cool, God. though. Like, I love that she just like has her very specific aesthetic when she's like assembling her outfits. <laughs> yeah, no, she she definitely does. She's got a lot of um, a lot of confidence in how to put it, put things together. So that's really cool. It's an inspiration. <laughs> well, yeah, I love that she was inspired by you, and now you're taking inspiration from her boldness. I think that's perfect. <laughs> yep. well thank you so much i'm i i i'm look forward to uh to hearing what you uh end up dousing yourself with later if you uh if you go and clean off uh, the okay. top of your, your shelf <laughs> you'll have to tell I me i will do that i'm that's 
That's exactly what I'm going to do right now. So if perfume is something you haven't explored much and find yourself suddenly interested in now, you're in luck because there are so many ways to fall down the rabbit hole with this hobby. You can visit decant sites like Surrender to Chance and the Perfumed Court to sample tiny vials of stuff that may not otherwise be accessible due to price or exclusivity. You better believe I'm making a beeline over to one of those soon to see if I can find a little sample of McQueen's Kingdom. You can take a deep dive with wonderful books like Eliza Harad's Coming to My Senses, Turin and Sanchez's Perfumes, the A to Z Guide, Barbara Herman's Scent and Subversion, Chandler Burr's The Perfect Scent, or Catherine Haley Epstein's Nosedive. Or you can follow some amazing perfume writers online, aficionados at sites including Boada Jasmine, OMG, and that's E-A-U-M-G, ha ha ha, I love that pun, Victoria the dry down and tinsel creation, or the voices behind amazing indie brands like Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab, Eris Perfumes, and High Wildflower. And if you're looking for more of Shaman's writing, please be sure to check out her very recently released book regarding frames, which will take you down a whole other rabbit hole of coolest of the cool contemporary comic artists. You can find Shaman on Instagram at shaman underscore qua, or you can join her new COVID book club that's just getting started reading The Story of the Stone, also known as Dream of the Red Chamber, at red underscore chambers underscore club. For complete show notes, including links to all these many goodies, go to my main site, queenofpeaches.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>